Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. Hey, ACT, that's what we do here. Mainline Executive Coaching, we are the coaches and we've got several coaches with us today. We are excited. We are so thrilled that they've joined us today. And we are all about helping you, the executive, the aspiring executive, that person that wants not only to have the title, you know, on the door and all that kind of stuff of I've got this leadership position, but more importantly, that heartfelt person, that leader that really is engaged and cares about the people that he or she is leading and wants to bring out the best in them. That's the action that great healthy leaders do. ACT is also about and cultural transformation. So let me go around the room here and introduce everybody. I've got my partner with us here, Rich Barron. Great guy, great background, exciting guy to work with, exciting coach. We've also got the couple here, Christy and John Hope. Exciting, dynamic leaders in their abilities to train and bring you up and take you, bring you up to speed in terms of what you want to become, what you want to do with your leadership opportunities and position. We also have Ronnie Shoemaker, who's been with us before, a great man, great heartfelt fellow that just wants to give and give a lot. He's a tremendous man in terms of his insight and understanding about people. And we've also got Jeremy, again, another terrific executive coach. So we've got a lot of great people here today. What we are going to be talking about today, and we'll go around the room several times talking about this, is a particular kind of leader. And this leader is called a relationship leader. And you see these people, these are the people that are very heartfelt and very caring. They somehow just seem to have this magical ability to connect with people, get them to open up and start talking and just sharing all sorts of things. And sometimes they are seen as incredibly valuable gems in an organization because they just have this ability to make it happen with people, you know, make them feel safe, make them feel valued, make them feel like they've got some real worth there. And in some other organizations, they feel like, why do people have to feel so doggone much? What is all this ooky-gooky, touchy-feely stuff got to go on? We got business to do here. So on one hand, they can be great heroes or heroines, or they can be like, well, there we go again. I can't believe we're going down that road. So let's get started on this. All right. So who would like to start? Let me start with, let's start. Rich, would you open this up? What do you know about this helper, this relationship leader person? Well, first off, I want to say welcome to episode number 40. So this is kind of a milestone for us. So excited that everybody could join. But a little bit about the helper. They, it's the functions of empathy and altruism. 
they are by far the most caring, the most loving um, of all of the personality types. They have very strong feelings towards helping others and going out of the way, uh, you know, to do to do good for those, serving others. That's really the functions of uh, a helper, and that's if they're a mature helper. They're uh, they understand, you know, their feelings. They understand who they are. That's what they become: is very loving, very personable, very caring, and they go out of their way to do anything they can to help. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Who here knows somebody that fits that profile? That person that is not just, you know, low-level kind of person, like secretaries sometimes are, and they're, you know, people that just kind of that level. But somebody who's been a strong relationship leader, somebody that others look to when there's times of crisis, when there's times of upset, when people are just not feeling, you know you can go to that person and he or she is going to be able to get things worked out and ironed out. Do you know anybody like that? You know, Michael, we were talking earlier. Personally, I have to give it some more deep thought, but publicly, and we talked about it earlier, Nancy Reagan seems to fit the definition of, of a helper leader. Uh, very empathetic, very uh, aware, very uh, available, uh, strong supporting. Uh, if you go back to the times when when President Reagan was in office, and even as he as he progressed through the later part of his of his life, she was there, very empathetic socially and very very empathetic personally, always being there available to to her husband and and the nation. If you go back to thinking about the time that he served as president. So that would be one lady that I would think of immediately. Yeah, she was fantastic. Fantastic uh, role model for so many people. Classy, down to earth, heartfelt, honest, just this good person that emanated goodness and, you know, this feeling of love and, and welcoming. Uh, I would agree with that. Anyone else that you can think of in your life or maybe even from just looking at life? Michael, this is John Hope. Um, what, what came to mind as you asked the question, um, is our Rotary Club. So we're here in Nashville, third largest Rotary Club in the world. Um, so a lot of members, and I can I can think of three distinct female personalities that when you come in the door, they're already trying to connect you with other people that you may not have known. Um, they are the ones that constantly bring new upcoming guests or potential members to Rotary, um, and they plug them into the other people, into other committees, and are a big part of their orientation. And if you have any kind of a problem, they just throw themselves at it. And if they don't know the answer, they know somebody who knows the answer. And, and again, Rotary is a service organization. So these three particular ladies come to mind in my little world here when, when you asked, uh, I, and I will not divulge their names, but they are incredibly, incredibly good people. Yeah. And talented. When you take a look at their abilities to make those connections and and they have that ability to see, it's almost like it's a very strange thing. I'm, I'm going to kind of reveal myself a little bit here in, in my in terms of my own masculinity, man stuff, stuff. I've been I've always been very interested in how my wife can go into a group of other women and they're all talking at the same time. I have no idea how they understand each other, what's going on. And yet later on, I will ask her, so you're all talking at the same time. Do you get anything out of that? Can you tell me what you guys are actually talking about? And she can go through detail. Well, so-and-so was telling me about this, and this child over here, and that, da, 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 da. They are getting it all on these wavelengths 
and and I don't get it. But they, that that's what that is. It they have another wavelength that they operate on that they pick up all this stuff and are able to process it through this prism of relationships. Let me really quickly just started watching uh, a new series. I have to say I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. Anybody watch Unit One? I think it's called Unit One. No, no, no. It's great. It's about these special forces that go into these different countries and pull off these incredible, you know, these these incredible operations. I mean, it, it's it's exciting. It's dynamic. It's it's very masculine. These guys have just go out there and just get stuff done. And then at home, they've got the wife and the wives have their own kind of world. One of those women in that world, she is married to the guy who's kind of in charge. And it's a black couple. He's a big, dynamic guy. And then she's a very dynamic woman. Um, she's that person. She has that ability to go into situations of relationship where there's people hurting, when people are just jacked up with emotion, where they just are beside themselves, where they're sabotaging themselves. And she has that ability to go in and accept them, to work with them and get their heads turned around and just process stuff. They keep them moving on as these wives of these tremendous soldiers and warriors. I suggest you watch it. Folks, if, you, if you've never seen that, go watch it. She does an amazing job in portraying that kind of a person. What else do we know about, about these helper relationship leaders? Now, I can, t I can tell you this, that mature twos are fundamentally very caring, but immature twos, the ones who kind of go down a different path, have a hidden agenda. You, you know, I'm going to do this for you, but I'm going to expect something in return. And it may not be vocalized. It may not be, you know, readily apparent. But they're going to expect that, and they're going to make you know they expect that. That's one of the things about uh, immature twos, and also a very high level for self-deception, not being able to really um, comprehend who they are. They just they deceive themselves. Well, you know, we talked about this. We talked about this before. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I don't know. Let me have someone else answer that. Let's let's have uh, let's have Ronnie answer that. So so. I read a book a few years ago called Leadership and Self-Deception. Yeah. And the bottom line of that book, and I recommend it for anybody that is struggling with leadership and self-deception, is I found out I'm not nearly as important as I thought I was. Meaning I had this, I had myself up on a pedestal because I felt like I deserved to be there. But in theory, I was not as high as I wanted to be because my ego came into play. And so some of the immaturity of a, of a helper leader is that same thing. I want to be, I want to be recognized for being more than who I am. So I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to either be truly empathetic or feign empathy. But at the end, I want recognized. I want thanked. I want, you know, I want somebody to come up. I'm not going to say that, but the people I treat is treated. I treat them the way they do because I want I want that success. I want to feel good about myself. And a true helper leader isn't worried about themselves. They're worried about their team, their stakeholders, their clients, their customers. An immature helper is is all about him or herself in, in, in the long run. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So when you really take a look at the dynamics of that, what that is, if you go back to the old thing of, of Stephen Covey of setting up win wins. Right. You got a set of win wins. What 
what this helper leader relationship leader can do what their tendency to do is to set other people up to win that's what they do they help other they don't want to be in the limelight they don't want to be the center of attention so they're very good at assisting others fulfilling their needs to get them so that they are successful that's good yeah. that's good However, what they fail to do is this, and what you're talking about, both of you, is they don't ask for what they want. Mm -hmm. Right. lies the problem. The other side of that coin is they don't say no when they should be saying, no, this is too much for me. This is not good for me. I really don't want to do that. So they tend to overgive and they tend not to ask for the support. That, of course, is going to create relationships of resentment. That's what it actually creates in terms of relationships of resentment, because there's a lot of abandonment, there's a lot of rejection, there's a whole lot of jazz that goes on with those individuals. So going back to what you're talking about here, Rich, healthy relationship leaders will ask for what they want. They will be upfront, even though it's hard for them, it's difficult for them. They'll also say, no, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to go down that direction, which means for them, they got to deal with some things about, you know, rejecting people or neglecting people or abandoning people that's kind of hard stuff so they got to be learn how to be very value oriented here so the problem here is this they get themselves in traps because they are such givers and all those of you who are helpers out there relationship leaders you you want to help so much your, your desire to make connections and assist other people you want to do that so much that you leave yourself out of the equation you leave yourself behind yep. and you expect other people to mind read you and give you the see you have the ability in an interesting way to mind read other people meaning you can intuit what's going on with them you can see what they're struggling with you can see where they're hurt you you pick all that stuff up hey you helpers you relationship leaders if you haven't got this yet most people don't have that kind of antennae they don't have that radar don't expect them to. That's your particular gift. So don't expect them to perform and help the way that you do. You know, you need to ask. You need to back off of that and give yourself room and take care of yourself. That's what it really comes down to. So in some ways, Rich, it looks like they're being selfish. Right. It looks that way. But if every one of these particular leadership styles we're talking about is this, that leader will perform when they're healthy in very healthy ways. Ironically, when they are unhealthy, they will perform exactly the opposite to their nature. That's what you'll see. It will be the opposite of who they are. And that's kind of difficult to unwind. Okay, let's wrap this up. We're last couple of minutes here. What are you getting out of this? What do you, what's the thing that you want to share? Each one of you want to share about your understanding of what a relationship leader is. Let's start with Christy. You've been pretty quiet. What, what do you want to what do you want to share about what you're getting out of relationship leaders? Well, I guess the, the main thing that I find interesting about all of these is every single profile, if you are mature, it's fantastic. And if you're immature, you're gonna not only hurt yourself but hurt those around you and you're gonna end up self-destructing. So I actually am am unfortunately I'm not real mature in the helper area. And I, I see much of this coming out in me in that I do tend to give and give and give and give. And then I get, I burn myself out because I am not someone that's very good at saying no. And I'm 
not very good at asking for what I need. I just assume that uh, everyone will just guess, I guess. <laughs> but it, it um, but at the same time, you get you get self gratitude. You feel good when you're giving. But it's one of those things in everything. You just have to be, you do have to become self-aware. You need to understand where you're strong, where you're not strong, where you need to grow, where you, where you've got gaps. Um, Because in every, in every different type, there's greatness about it, It, but there can also be pain. And so it's just understanding yourself and and where you need to be uh, so that you can be the best person, not only for you yourself, your business, but, but those around you, your family, you know, your significant others, um, because if, if if you're not the best person you can be, you're not going to be good for anybody else. Excellent. That's great. Thank yep. you so much. John, what, what's your takeaway from all this? What are you getting out of it? We have done a number of leadership workshops, and and, and this Enneagram, the MLAI, is really the, the focus of the first day. And Chris and I are kind of surprised in that um, as we started doing this, the, the helper trait was more predominant than several of the other ones. And so we've had to kind of learn this particular trait. Um, in terms of our coaching methodology, um, understanding that they're givers and they're givers and they're givers, you kind of have to let that wash over you as a coach. And then on the other side of that, start to address the fact that they do need to be taking some things back as well. And this is a candidate for burnout. Um, if they give and give and give without any mindfulness or, or, or limits to that, that kind of emotion, uh, again, they're just going to, they're going to burn out. And a burnt out leader is not a leader at all because um, they're, they're not capable of leading. Yeah. So we've been paying more attention to this particular trait um, because of the challenge that it is for us to do our follow on coaching. Good. That's excellent. Great observations. Thank you, John. Ronnie, what's your takeaway? What, what did you get out of this? So I, I take it the, the helper trait, leadership trait, is one that they love to create relationships, but they need to be mature enough to understand that it's a, it's a, it's a two-way relationship. It's just not about the, the helper. So if you have the right expectations of what that relationship is and not looking for a personal satisfaction at the end, it's a great way to build professional and personal relationships. But if you're the immature helper leader at the end of the journey, your feelings may be hurt because you're not getting the recognition or the reciprocation from the other side of the relationship. And instead of growing that relationship, you can really blow that relationship up. The leader walks away and the, and the other people on the other side are going, what did, what did I do wrong? You know, I, I thought I thought this was really good, but because exactly what Rich said earlier, if I as a leader don't acknowledge at the beginning of the relationship what I'm looking for, you walk away and everybody else is going, what the heck's going on? So it's honesty. It's not just the empathy, but it's the honesty in creating that relationship and communicating with the other party, whether it's whether it's at work or at home what the expectations are so that everybody is knowledgeable where, uh, of where the journey is going and not, not one-sided is, is the way I look at it. All right. Thank you. That's very good, Ronnie. Appreciate that. Jeremy, you popped in. Finally, you made it. We were worried about you. I did. Well, what did you get out of this oh, conversation? Good. Uh, well, uh, 
two things uh, and two very surprising things. Um, first of all, I'm realizing that the best leaders that I've had the opportunity to work with, work under, work aside, work for, you know, as clients or, or uh, colleagues, um, they were mature helpers uh, and they didn't do things for you. Uh, they, in fact, frustrate the living daylights out of me a lot of times because they'd answer all my questions with a question. And so they really would put that back on me. But in the end, it was the most incredibly helpful thing they could have said because uh, there was new learning involved in that uh, for me. Uh, the, the second takeaway, um, and I agree with what, what John specifically was talking about earlier, about the, the intricacies of, of the helper trait. I work with a, um, a small consortium uh, from time to time, and we did MLAIs for all four of us and shared them as a group. And there isn't a helper in the bunch. <laughs> and so I would also say that having teams you know, that aren't well-rounded, that don't have, you know, maturity and all the different types of leadership can be problematic too. Um, and it's, it's not that we're not working well as a group, they're high performance, high performance and, and, you know, doing well, but it, it's just interesting once I really saw the readout and charted out all of our, um, all of our maturity scores, as well as our empirical numbers from the MLEI. So those two things uh, resonated pretty strongly. Uh, and I always learn something uh, from each of you guys and gals when uh, when we do these calls. So I appreciate it very much. Thank you. You betcha. Thank you. Just for if you're joining us and you're, you're wondering, what is this MLEI thing? What's, what is that all about? Is this code for something? It stands for Matone Leadership Enneagram Inventory. It's a marvelous tool. If you are a leader and you feel a little lost or maybe insecure, or feel like maybe I'm in that poser, imposter kind of thing. And I really got to forget, figure this out before somebody finds out, you know, I don't really know all that I know. Contact one of these folks. It will have all their information listed at the end of this, you know, when you go watch the podcast. All they'll be there. Identify one of these people and say, you know, I kind of relate to that particular coach. I really like him. Ask for the MLEI. It, they'll give it to you for free. They will give you a free coaching session and they will unpack it with you so that you get a better clarity, clarity about who are you fundamentally as a leader? What is your what is your pathway to develop your greatest leadership abilities? What's your pathway to just fall apart and just, just you know, the stress and tension, all that kind of to avoid? They'll give you some marvelous insights that you will get nowhere else. All right, with that said, thank you all. Appreciate you being here. It's great to see y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for inviting You betcha. Thank you, everybody. Hey, once again, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, 40th episode of Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Uh, thank you, Christy and John, Ronnie and Jeremy. It's always a pleasure to have you on. And so leave us a message. We have a new uh, service. It's called podandbox.com at Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. You can go on there and leave us a live message. You can tell us whatever you want to tell us. And we're going to play that on, on the next podcast. We're going to answer your questions. We're going we're gonna to address that. So once again, thank you, everybody. I hope you have uh, a great day. And uh, take care. We'll see you again next time. All right. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites 
richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.